Although the characters we discuss are fictional, the challenges people face every day are not. The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Jedi Council Podcast, where we explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is Brandon Saxton. And Katie Gordon. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing alright. I um, There were some really nice things about the day, but there's also a lot of sadness going on this week. Um, learning about the death of Kate Spade by suicide, and then today learning that Anthony Bourdain died by suicide. Mm-hmm. And then between those things, there was a report that came out from the CDC showing that suicide rates were going up. And of course, we both care a lot about suicide yeah. prevention, and so it's it's difficult. I think it's a, it's a really difficult week. How about you? Yeah, I'm feeling about the same. Yeah, I, I know that... Uh... We've talked about suicide on the show before, obviously both have some research related to the topic, and when we covered things like Logan or the uh, the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why, we've talked a little bit about um, some of the science underlying it, but today I think it's going to be a little bit of a mix of a little bit of science and a little bit of self-care, just because uh, I think I've seen, and I'm sure you have as well, some people online, um, or maybe you know in real life as well, who... Uh, have a hard time when this news comes out and and maybe it's people who have had their own experiences with suicidal ideation or maybe they have loved ones who they've lost by suicide who have, who have had suicide attempts or any any experience with suicide really um who can experience some negative emotions when things like this are in the news so we just wanted to take a little break from the normal jedi council schedule and just kind of check in a little Exactly. I think that one common theme that I've I've seen is, just like you're saying, I mean, there are people who really admired Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain and are telling these stories about the amazing things that they Mm -hmm. did. And there are people who have a mixture of emotions. Both of them had children that think 11 and 12 or 11 and 13. And so I've also seen a few people online talking about... um, that had lost one of their parents to suicide, this kind of being difficult for them because they're thinking back to how it felt that they're now adults and thinking about when they were kids. And I think that it impacts people different ways. And it can be a range of things from losing someone that you really looked up to, or if you're struggling and think, well, Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade, these people were really successful in a lot of ways. And if they suffered this much you know what does it mean for me so I feel like there's a lot of that and then unfortunately I've also seen some people making comments that stigmatize suicide and that are inaccurate and so I thought it'd be good to talk about that but maybe we should first talk about to all of our listeners out there if if you're struggling about some some tips that we might suggest just for how to cope with this because it is you know, it's it's always hard when you lose someone to suicide or if you're experiencing it yourself or just because it's tragic to hear mm-hmm. that anyone was suffering that much. And it can be, I think, tempting for me. One thing that I do is try to get as much information as mm-hmm. possible. 
that's sometimes useful, but it's mm. worth monitoring how you're feeling. And if you're starting yeah. to feel really worse or overwhelmed, it's okay to take a break from that and do something else. It doesn't mean you don't care. It just means that you're being mindful of your mental health mm -hmm. and, and taking good care of yourself. And so there's probably a different threshold for, for people yeah. in terms of how much information is helpful to have. But, you know, leaning on others for support, doing activities that you enjoy, regular exercise, sleep, yeah. regular meals, those types of things can be helpful during stressful times. And I know one thing I think that both of us have done uh, that you've kind of hinted at here, but maybe just to kind of reiterate, is taking a little time to unplug from social media and the news. I'm certain that my Twitter timeline, I think that's what it's called, or newsfeed, I mix it up, is a little bit uh, maybe skewed for that type of information just because of the type of people I follow. But um, pretty much all week, my Twitter uh, feed has really just been constant information related to suicide, um, which, like I say, that could be a partially a nature of the combination of news and the, and the accounts that I follow. But I could imagine if I was in a place where I was struggling with, uh, you know, negative feelings or maybe even thoughts about suicide that might not be a very good thing for me to be consuming a lot of so if that's something that you can relate to um you know it's okay to unplug a little it is and i and i think it can be individualized too i think for some people who maybe feel like they're alone so for example if they're mm -hmm. they're grieving the loss of anthony bourdain and feel like they don't know someone in real life who's experiencing that but they can look at some of the other people are feeling similar that mm -hmm. can feel connecting. So the main thing is to just check in and notice how it's impacting yes. you and, and that it's okay to do other things as well and like unplug or mm -hmm. try to be more specific in who you connect with. Mm -hmm. that, that can be helpful. And just know that it's, even if it's someone you don't know, I mean, it's very valid to feel a loss if it's someone yeah. you admire and, and looked up to or just thought was a good person and it's sad to see them go away. Um, another thing that we should talk about, I think that sometimes people get concerned, well, what if there are people in my life who feel that way and I don't know about it because something that we've heard from some of the people who knew both of those individuals is that they didn't realize that they were suffering that much. And there are different perspectives on that. So maybe we could give some tips on, on what to do if you suspect someone might be. Or... One thing that I've noticed uh, kind of floating around, and actually I think our, our friend Robert Vore, who's been on our show before, who's the host of the Christian Mental Health Podcast, one thing that he's kind of been saying, which I really like, is kind of this idea of every once in a while, instead of saying, uh, you know, how's it going? Or, or hey, how have you been? Uh, how are you feeling? Really checking in on, on the people around you to see how are they feeling lately and really dig into kind of how things are going. And uh, if you have someone who maybe you have a little bit more specific concerns, I would very much, and, and I think you as well, Katie and others, encourage you to ask them just very directly, you know, I I know that you've been having a hard time lately and, and you've maybe not been feeling very well. Uh, have you been thinking about suicide? And there's sometimes a, an idea or a misconception really that that will plant an idea in someone's head that maybe they hadn't thought about that but there's just no evidence to suggest that it's just uh it's just a a, a good helpful thing to do to ask if you, there's someone who who you're concerned about that's right and in fact there's evidence that if you ask people if they're 
feeling suicidal and they don't, you don't see any change. But if you ask people if they're feeling suicidal and they do, they can experience some relief from feeling that someone cares. And one thing that I've learned from listening to people who have lived experience with, with suicide um, attempts and have survived them is that they've talked about how these, and this, of course, this isn't true of everyone, but it's it's worth listening to ideas of what's helped others. One thing that they've said is that there are times in their life where they felt really down. And one small thing, a friend who reached out to them, who was there for them, a stranger who smiled at them. So, you know, maybe they were on their way to attempt suicide in some way and someone was kind to them, that that was enough to just lower the risk enough to prevent them from attempting suicide or to help their mood. And so it's an uncomfortable topic, Mm -hmm. I think, especially if you don't, know people that well it can feel like it's too personal or Mm -hmm. intrusive but there is really no harm in asking Mm -hmm. about this stuff and people might not always feel comfortable being open but at least by trying it's a way to show that you care Mm -hmm. you know and and then beyond that maybe we should talk about what happens if they say yeah i am feeling down or i am thinking about killing myself Mm -hmm. because i think that can also feel like oh no what do i do now oh yeah i know that's a situation that um uh, well, it was a couple of years ago, me and someone from my lab mate put on a little training on campus. It was a little seminar people could attend, and we called it uh, Helps Save a Friend. And it was related to what you can do in those situations, because I think that can be a little bit scary for folks sometimes. And uh, the important thing, really, if you were going to boil it down to really, I would say the two most important things is, one, make sure that you're taking care of yourself at that time, because that can be stressful for you. But two... Uh, do what you can to connect those folks to professionals. There are a lot of good people, uh, whether it be uh, mental health professionals who are local or uh, crisis lines. Uh, there's a lot of great professionals who can help. And I know one thing that I, I remember about about talking to folks about this is, you know, uh, they asked me not to tell anyone. They asked me mm-hmm. to keep it a secret. And I don't know how common it is, but you can certainly imagine it, um, especially with some of the stigma around suicide. And this is probably hard advice and certainly a hard thing to do, but I would encourage you to not keep that secret. Yeah. I would encourage you to to make sure that person is safe. And and they might be upset with you uh, right away, but you're, you're really doing what you can to save their life when you do that. Yeah, and, and depending on the situation, it can be very tricky, but I, I agree that this is one of those times where it's not telling on someone if you need to reach out to someone they care about and and let them know. And I think that also there's a distinction between kind of the immediate crisis if someone Mm -hmm. is feeling quite, is feeling suicidal and they're at risk, like Brandon is saying, it's try to try to connect them with a crisis line or maybe an emergency room if it's an appropriate thing. You can kind of work with them. Another thing to talk to them about is you know, ask them, do they have plans for mm-hmm. killing themselves? If they have a plan and they have a specific method in mind, then you can ask, well, what depending on what the method is, would they let someone else hold on to whatever it is, the pills or whatever it is, until they're at lower risk? And, and taking those safety measures can be helpful. Or if it's, would they be willing to lock up their gun or have mm-hmm. someone else hold on to it until their, their risk level is a little bit lower. That can be really helpful because mm-hmm. it seems that with suicidal behavior, if you can restrict access to lethal means during those high crisis times, mm-hmm. that can, for some people can prevent them from hurting themselves. 
and especially the very lethal methods, mm-hmm. right? We, so there's that. And then there's the more long-term phase after the safety, which involves there, there are effective treatments for mental health struggles. Uh, there are medications that people find helpful. There are therapies that people find helpful. There are all different kinds of things depending on the individual. And um, we tend to suggest evidence-based treatment as mm-hmm. a frontline treatment, and those are helpful. And so trying to connect with those, we'll also put a bunch of resources in our show notes too yeah. for people so that you can look these up or share them with a friend. Those can be helpful too. Now you cannot control another person and there are limits to what you can do and you can only do so much. And if you lose someone, that doesn't that's that doesn't mean that there was something you could have done differently to yeah. change it. But what we're suggesting is that sometimes these things can save some people. And mm-hmm. so they're worth doing. One of the realistic barriers that comes up is if someone needs treatment and they have difficulty accessing it, maybe they live in an area where they have a hard time getting quality services or they don't have the finances to do it. And that can be challenging too. So in the one of the crisis lines that we're going to give, often um, 1-800-273-TALK, sometimes they're, they go to local places or there are local referral numbers. And those types of numbers can be helpful for finding ways to get less expensive therapy or connecting to a therapist. Another tip is if you live near a university, sometimes they have training clinics where they have graduate students who are learning therapy but are well supervised. And those are sometimes free or mm-hmm. low cost. And so I real I recognize that that's, that can be a barrier for some people, but there are sometimes some options if you look into that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think another thought in terms of maybe misconceptions, the two big ones I've seen is that there's one cause of suicide. Yeah. And do you want to talk about that one a little bit? Yeah, I really... I think that I understand why there's this misconception. I think suicide is this uh, it, it, it's this terrible thing that happens that uh, a lot of people are invested in wanting to help reduce and prevent. Um, and I think that as humans, we like to organize things in our mind in, in a very cause and effect sort of linear fashion and say, you know, if we can just identify the cause of suicide, we can prevent suicide. And unfortunately... Uh, what we know from research is suicide is this incredibly complex, uh, multi-systemic experience that can have psychological and societal factors and and health, physical health factors uh, that can all come into play to lead to suicide. So it's really there's to suffice it to say there's just no one simple cause. It, it's a very complex phenomenon yeah and i think like you said it's tempting to try to say well it's just this one thing and i think that people do that for different reasons one is uncertainty is uncomfortable for a lot of us and so we might feel like some of the uncertainty has been resolved if we can say like for example unfortunately i've seen some people say well for anthony bourdain maybe it was his past drug use well Even in that example, we can say there are a lot of people who use drugs who don't die by yeah. suicide, and so most of them don't. So that alone shows that it's not this one-to-one factor. With mm-hmm. Kate Spade, they've talked about, well, she was successful and didn't want to risk her reputation, which, first of all, a lot of that's speculation. Mm-hmm. But secondly, there are a lot of people in similar situations that don't 
that don't end up dying mm -hmm. by suicide. So the point is, like Brandon said, and we'll link to this too, is that there are a lot of different factors into play, and it's oversimplifying it yeah. to say that it was just this or just that. And sometimes it can feel, I think, for people who have lost someone to suicide or struggling with suicidal thoughts, oversimplistic mm -hmm. or dismissive or something yeah. like that, or blaming. The other one that I've seen some people talk about with regard to suicide is saying that suicide is a selfish act. And I get where people are coming from that. It's, you know, they look at, I'm going to follow that up though, so don't stop listening just because I said that first part. I get where they're coming from. I mean, I think it's hard from the outside, especially if you haven't been in that state of despair to say, wow, I wouldn't do that to my child or my husband or my fans or my whatever it is. I wouldn't do that. Um, first of all, I, I think that it, the suicidal mind and working with people who have been suicidal are not seeing the world the same yeah. way. And in fact, what they're often doing, which um, my graduate mentor, Thomas Joyner, and his theory talked about, and there's research to support this, is that when someone is feeling suicidal, often they're thinking, I'm going to benefit my loved ones by leaving. Now, they're completely wrong about that, and it's sad and tragic that they feel that way, but it's not selfish. It's more the opposite. They think that they're actually giving people some relief. I mean, Kurt Cobain wrote about this in his suicide note, that his wife and his daughter would be, their life would be better without him, and you kind of see this as a theme throughout time. And so saying that it's selfish I don't think is helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, it's a way of kind of pushing blame on something that's hard to understand. And it is painful to think. I mean, it's very painful to think about what any of their loved ones are going through, but maybe especially their young children and how hard that would be to understand. Mm -hmm. So, again, I understand it. But if you're saying it's selfish, what I worry about is that people who are experiencing suicidal thoughts are going to worry about trying to get help because they're worried that other people are going to think that they're selfish, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And... We need to keep lifting barriers rather than adding exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe that's a good spot to to kind of wrap it up and and, and just quickly kind of summarize. So, as we said, it's been a it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week for for information related to suicide. Um, Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain report from the CDC showing that uh, suicide rates have, have been going up, and I think here in, in our state of North Dakota, highest in the country, the rate of increase since 2009 so it's a lot of information to consume so we just wanted to reach out and and just kind of cover cover a couple things in a quick way um if you are feeling hard you know feeling negatively if, if if you've been feeling down about this news if you have experiences related to suicide uh personally or with loved ones um we we just want to validate that for you we we, we recognize that it's hard to feel that way and we would I uh, encourage you to do what you can to engage in self-care when this news is kind of coming out, whether that's uh, engaging in social support or, or unplugging or whatever it is that, that helps you feel better, just keeping an eye on your mood and, uh, and, and keeping an eye out for some of those misconceptions, I think, that, are, that we see around too related to causes uh, or, or selfishness or, or this idea that you're going to put the idea of suicide in someone's head by reaching out if you see those um you know just reminding yourself that they might not be true and, and to the extent that you're comfortable maybe gently providing people with accurate information if you do see that i think that's a helpful thing 
um, if you're able and, and and willing to do that. So this is just our little attempt to just kind of reach out, uh, say something, and, and say that uh, for folks who are having a hard time or otherwise, we're here. We're here with you. Yeah, we're, we're thinking of you, and we'll put more details in, in the resources of this yeah. note, but also we'll, we'll make a blog post that'll tweet out and that way if you want to learn more about any of the topics that we talked about like how to talk to a friend or any or how to find a therapist anything like that you can follow with that feel free to also tweet at us or email us if you have more questions and we'll be happy to respond to that i also want to say that the suicide prevention community is hurting at this news and um, there are a lot of good people working together people with lived experience mental health advocates psychologists, clinicians, people working crisis lines, really pulling together and thinking about the way forward. And so even though things feel bad, I do have hope that we can push forward and make suicide prevention a priority in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. Okay, folks, we'll we'll probably wrap it up there. just do, keep doing what you can to take care of yourself and do what you can. And to take, take care of each other. Yeah, take care of the people around you. And if there's anything we can do to help uh, direct you to some information or resources, please don't hesitate to reach out and ask. And uh, with that, you'll, you'll hear from us again next week. Thank you for listening to the Jedi Council Podcast, a member of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. You can find more information about our podcast or blog at www.jedi-council.com. If you would like to support the Jedi Council Podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Jedi Council. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers. Additionally, This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help.